0: Are you looking for a new way to play fantasy sports? Well, we've got you covered. Welcome to Champions Round. Welcome back to the Champions Round show. My name is Jason Colton. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Michael Graninetti. Michael, how are you today?
1: Jason, doing well, man. Uh, ready for the fantasy playoffs. I, I made the playoffs in, in two out of my four leagues, so... Got a chance at uh, winning some money this season, so excited for, for week 14 now to kick off, and uh, we got an exciting uh, Thursday night football game tomorrow that uh, you know to, to, to kind of get the week started. So that, that's where I'm at. How you doing, man?
0: Uh, I'm doing good. Also in a lot of fantasy playoffs. Uh, for those that are in season-long leagues and you've made the playoffs, congratulations to you. Um, I had a couple ones where I snuck in and one that I got uh, beaten up pretty bad. Didn't sneak into the playoffs with a great record and a lot of points, so that one's a little sad. But uh, happy to be happy to be in the playoffs. Also happy to have uh, Champions Round up and running. Uh, if you don't know about Champions Round, we do micro fantasy. Come over and play with us. You can download the app on the I store on the App Store. Um, and Round Three is up and running, ready to go. Uh, you can also draft Week 14, Week 15. Doesn't matter. Uh, just get six people or more. And uh, come play with us. Come draft with us. Drafting is the best part of fantasy, anyway. So come and do it with us.
1: Hey, there's still uh, there's still football to be played in the NFL season, and you know, like you said, with uh, with champions round, you can still have your the, the most fun of the the fantasy season, anyway. In the draft and uh, and continue to compete. So definitely go download it.
0: Yeah, download it now. And also, as we get into the NFL playoffs, we have a new game mode that's going to come out uh, probably January eighth. Uh, Very exciting. If you love gambling and you love fantasy, this game is going to be perfect for you. Uh, So stick with us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and you'll find out exactly what we're talking about uh, probably around Christmas time. So that's exciting. Also, Um, as for week 14, like you said, Thursday night football, we got Rams Patriots. Uh, That should be a good one. Uh, Any fantasy matchups that you're looking forward to seeing in that one?
1: This week, um, in this one, I actually don't have too many people involved um, in the Thursday night game. Just, but, but from just uh, someone who cheers for the Rams, being a, a Los Angeles native, um, just excited for that game. I mean, New England's coming off a, a real—I um, mean, definitely their best win of the season, one of the best. Don't remind I've- me. Oh, I yeah, I know you cheer for the Chargers a little bit. I mean, that was ugly. Um, I was surprised Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn was allowed on the bus uh, ride home after that one, but I know he's got a lot of money tied to him. Over the next, uh, over this season, I believe next season as well. Uh, but man, that was ugly. But it, it leads up to a, a great Thursday night game with a, a, a New England team that's really emerging down the stretch here, and a Rams team that that's fighting for uh, to, to to win the division. So um, definitely excited for tomorrow night's game.
0: Yeah, I mean, New England forty-five nothing. That was graded out as the best special teams performance in the history of the NFL. I heard that stat today, and I was blown away.
1: Unbelievable. Um,
0: but, but maybe not shocked after seeing how that game went. Um, <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit last week. With, I mean, the, the greatest coaching mismatch in the history of football, potentially. <laughs> and we saw what happens on the field. Coaching does matter. Um, yeah, Belichick had everything lined up for Herbert, and Anthony Lynn, their special teams, just absolutely couldn't do anything. Also, I, I have a, a, a bit of a gripe that I want to just mention really okay, quickly Okay, great. All right, um,
1: let, let, let me let, – let, 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 you got to hear it.
0: That a Chargers kicker calls himself the Money Badger and oh. hasn't made a goddamn kick all year <laughs> that matters. I I think someone needs to go and remove that guy's nickname. And I don't know if anyone's still calling, it him, calling him that, but that needs to go now. Well,
1: well, you know what? It's really interesting. And you see so much turnover at the kicker position across the league, really. You know, if a guy – has a bad stretch, he uh, he usually finds himself on the couch or in the kicker carousel, and ends up on a practice squad or or kicking for another team, and and this has been a trend uh, with, with Badgley now for quite some time. He's been struggling, and, and maybe the guy's lights out at practice, and they just always think it's going to translate to Sunday. But man, uh, he's left quite a few points off the board, and you know, carried over into into week thirteen here.
0: You know what also is screwy for the Chargers, and I don't mean to make this a Chargers podcast, but I will for a minute. They released the best kicker in the NFL. Right. At least from a fantasy perspective, they had Young Way Koo. Right. The guy the guy puts up fifteen points every week for Atlanta. I know it's because of their, their offense, but he still makes every kick. It's unbelievable. I have him on like five fantasy teams. He's single handedly winning me matchups.
1: There was some stat where he was, if not perfect, almost perfect on the season from fifty plus and I mean, he had similar struggles in in uh, in a Charger uniform that we're seeing from from Michael Badgley. You know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, something's in the water over there. I guess who who knows?
0: Yeah, especially I mean, I understand you're playing outdoors at some point, and you're in the AFC West, and historically their fields stink because you're playing on ex-baseball fields and whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're inside a dome now. <laughs> ba- Badgley has zero reason that the stadium. There's literally hasn't been an ass in the seats that everything's perfect on the field. There's no wind. It's Los Angeles is beautiful. There's no fans waving anything behind,
1: make a goddamn field goal. I know. I know. Hey, hey you're preaching the choir here. I've actually been uh, to the point uh, as far as the, the kickers are concerned in the national football league and football in general, I actually think you should get rid of them personally. And this is a scorching hot take. Um, I'm okay with punters for the field position battle but I'm looking at the gladiators at, uh, who, who play on, 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 on the field every single Sunday and, you know, arguably risk their lives or their livelihoods every single Sunday to make a play. And you let these kickers go out there and they got one job to do. And sure, I know it's a lot more difficult than it looks. The pressure is on and, you know, they, the, 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 the art of kicking is tougher than what it appears to be. But essentially, they got one job to do. And for, for these the people, the, these other players, these skill position guys who are getting rocked, uh, battling concussions, you know, all the other elements that come from, from playing such a physical sport, to see, you know, games won and lost, Super Bowls won and lost off the the right leg or left leg, left foot, right foot of a guy who, who has one job to do, it really just rubs a, it puts a bad taste in my mouth. So I've actually... Uh, I've been pretty vocal in my group chats. This has been something that's been attached to attached to me now with the hashtag "Get Rid of Them," hoping that the NFL one day uh, eliminates the the kicker position, or or teams take it a step further and just decide to start going for fourth down or playing more um, aggressively. And 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 now we're seeing fourth and one, fourth and two being a, a go for a, a green light down. Maybe those fourth and fours. Um, being more executed or executed more frequently and, and moving the sticks that way. So um, I, I'm right there with you. I don't quite understand uh, why, why it is as difficult as it is, but of course that's me being a uh, a couch expert and, and watching the game from there.
0: So I have a similar experience about special uh, specialty, but it's from a, a little bit different perspective. And I definitely think it's a scorching hot take, but <laughs> I, I, I don't believe in punt returners. Or kick returners, for that matter. I think every team is wasting time, energy, resources, uh, having punt returners and kick returners. I don't think there's added value. For the couple of times a year that people return touchdowns or get great field position from a punt returner, you're more likely to fumble the ball and give the ball back to the other team. I don't even think that it's worth going back there to fair catch to save field position. Just let the ball go. Right. I've seen too many of this this year, and maybe because all of them have gone against my gambling, which is why I'm so mad about it. <laughs> but it seems like every time there's a punt in a crucial situation, I always go, don't fumble it. Every single time they bobble it or fumble it, and I'm about done with it. So I think just just eliminate all kicking from the game. Have uh, the quarterback just throw it up as far as you can on fourth down and let them intercept it.
1: I like that too. I'm okay to get rid of kicking – all together, um, as long as that field position battle is, is still a part of the game. But it is an interesting take. Um, I'm right there with you, man. I think the words, hold on to the football, have now become my uh, my most commonly used phrase here on Sundays, <laughs> Mond- and, Sundays and Mondays and, and Thursdays, too. All
0: right, let's go on to our first question of the podcast. Speaking of holding is... on to the football, I oh, guess this is
1: a good yeah. transition here to this first question. Yeah, for
0: for sure. So the... Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who are still, I guess, still a game and a half out of first place in the NFC East. Uh, They no longer have Carson Wentz, their four-year, $128 million quarterback, uh, as their starter. They have brought in Jalen Hurts. He played the second half against Green Bay. He will start this week against New Orleans. And the simple question to you is this. Who do you want for the rest of the season? You want Hurts or you want Wentz?
1: You know, I I love the move here. I think I've been actually calling for it for a couple of weeks, and it it's a bold it's a bold move. Um, I think you're actually in a lose lose situation here, regardless if you're the Eagles. And I know uh, Brian Greasy on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago, um, when the Eagles were playing the Packers was coming to the defense of Carson Wentz, and rightfully so, because the the problems that the Eagles are having. Stretch much further than the problems Carson Wetz is having in the pocket and throwing the football down the field, but with that said, I think times it's time to to try to get that spark into the team and I thought Jalen hurts actually considering what he did on sunday i I thought he did provide a little bit of a spark and it, it was it was great to see when he his very first pass of of, of the week against the Green Bay Packers. He dropped it in the bucket about 35, 40 yards down the field. And it was a pass that we haven't seen Carson Wentz really make very often this season. And beyond that, beyond the execution, and I think he he's able to he gives them another dynamic as far as being able to run the ball and 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 read options and and RPOs, which is surprising because Carson Wentz is a good athlete, but he does seem reluctant to use his legs here now. And and I don't know if he's maybe got some some demons in the back of his head that that are from the injury that he sustained and, and causing him to hold on to the ball a little too long and not being decisive in the pocket. But we saw Jalen Hurts be decisive in the pocket and step up in the pocket and extend the play with his legs and have that internal clock in his head quick uh, clicking much faster than it appears Carson Wentz has. So um, I like it. Uh, I, I don't think you can expect too much from the kid considering everything else that's around him, banged up offensive line, limited playmakers on the outside. But I do like the move to go to Jalen Hurts, especially moving and just to just to see what he's got. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. If I'm Doug Peterson, I probably would have done it a game or so ago. But uh, I, I'm cheering for the kid. I've liked Jalen Hurts ever since he was with Alabama, and uh, I think he's shown some signs that he can play.
0: So yeah, I'm I'm with you here at least for the rest of this particular season. Mm-hmm. I, I I have lost a lot of money on Wednesdays this year, so uh, I obviously didn't want him to be in the game anymore. And I do think that it hurts provided a spark, I think specifically for the way that this team is playing right now, and their offensive personnel and their injuries of the offensive line and their lack of their tight ends can create separation, but their wide receivers really can't. Sanders hasn't been good, and so you you need a spark, you need someone that can spread the field horizontally horizontally, <laughs> and yeah I, I'm I think it was the absolute right move to go with Hurts. I I think that next year they'll still be with Wentz, and I think that a lot of his issues will be fixed once they have an offensive line that he's used to, and maybe Howie Roseman can actually get a draft pick right at at wide receiver. Uh, I I don't know that. Uh, They've passed on quite a few recently that have been awesome in the NFL. Um, But, yeah, I do think that Hurts is the way to go for now.
1: Yeah, and and you look at their schedule coming up and I agree with you as far as Carson Wentz. I, I think he's back under center starting next season. Um hey, I, I think there's a chance you see Carson Wentz here in the less in the last few weeks of the season too. I, I don't know if this move to Jalen Hurts is even permanent for the last four games. But I believe they set a stat during the uh the Packers game um where they've had eleven different starting Offensive line units in their first 12 games. I mean, you really think about that. I mean, there's no continuity there on the offensive line. And really, it's been a staple. Uh, a good offensive line has been a staple under Doug Peterson. So it's definitely something that Carson Wentz isn't used to playing behind a, 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 a an offensive line that's now given up the most sacks in the NFL at 53. It's just nine more higher than the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, it is interesting. There, there's not a lot that Jalen Hurts has around him. But just his ability with his legs alone, um, I'm excited to see what he can do. But looking at his schedule coming up, he got New Orleans at Arizona, at Dallas, and versus Washington. Um, You know, a couple matchups in there where you might be able to expect him to do some things. But starting here against New Orleans, against one of the toughest defenses in the National Football League, uh, pretty tough tough situation just to walk into for, for the Rook.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we'll get to a uh, little Hertz action a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, next question for this podcast is Bots for week four, 14. You know, heading into the first week of fantasy playoffs, um, what are some guys or who are some guys that you're looking towards to have huge weeks this week?
1: So I, I got a few here, but I guess I'll go one first. We'll kind of bounce back and forth off each other. So my, my first one is Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder, excuse me. Um, at Seattle, and and Crowder's coming off a big game here against the, the Las Vegas Raiders, and it looked like the Jets were going to uh, to actually pull one out, but I, I don't think that I've ever seen a better example of tanking in, in, in my life. I, I think that was the clearest example that the Jets were trying to lose that game because you almost have to try to lose that game to let the Raiders do what they did with that deep ball to, to Ruggs in the final seconds of the game. But going back to Jameson Crowder, he, come, he had a couple touchdowns last week. Um, and I just expect him to continue to have a big game this week. I think he's a great spot this week playing against a Seattle secondary that's really had their issues all all, all season long.
0: So, I want to make a point on the Jets thing. Uh, why did Greg Williams get fired? He did the best thing. He deserves a parade. He did did the best thing that you could ever do in the history of that franchise. It's going to go down like Joe Namath
1: calling a shot. Right, right. You know, he he deserved uh, more. He he actually deserved uh, recognition rather than being fired. But I felt like if they wanted to punish him, and maybe this was their recognition. I thought the real punishment would have been to let him coach that team for the last four games of the season. So maybe, A, you you continued the plan that we wanted. Here's your present. We're actually going to let you go and still pay you for for the remainder of the season.
0: Yeah. That was ridiculous that he got fired. The guy needs like a ticker tape parade (laughs) going down Madison Avenue in New York. That was ridiculous. They literally saved them. Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Guys, guys, a magician. Also, it was really fun to see. Um, so my first one is also going to be from the, the Jets Seattle game. Um, and this is also, I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit. This is also my buy low guy, Russell Wilson. Uh, he had the worst week I've ever seen him play. I think last week against the Giants, who actually have a spectacular defense, um, but he's going up against the Jets. He's going to be angry off this loss. They need a win in the worst way possible. The running game, you know, Carson's a little banged up, and we don't exactly know what's going on there. I think Wilson's going to lay it down against the Jets. Uh, I think this is like a a 350 yard, four touchdown game for for us. So I guess also it means that you should start DK and Tyler Lockett if I think that, right. but I, I do think it's a big risk. Game. Like you
1: said, they need to win, you know, <laughs> they need to win badly right now. They still got a chance at the division. They're tied right now going into week 14, but they've been trending in the wrong direction, but Hey, also you hit the nail on the head about the giants, man. It, all the credit goes to them, the coaching staff, Joe judge and uh, that defense they put together, man. Kudos to that, to that giants team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got a couple more guys that you're thinking about for this week's week? I do. Um,
1: my number two is actually kind of what you do with Seattle. I'm actually going to go Dallas here. The, the offense as a whole and specifically Andy Dalton and the Cowboys, big three wide receivers. It's da- it's Dalton's return game to Cincinnati. And sure. Maybe it's not as big of a deal as LeBron going back to Cleveland for the first time, but I think he's going back to Cincinnati with a little chip on his shoulder. And uh, he, we saw what he did here on on tuesday night um against baltimore he looks more comfortable in the pocket he looks more comfortable in that cowboys offensive system and uh and i think all three wide receivers are really going to benefit here this week against the cincinnati that's been susceptible to to giving up big games to uh to pass catchers this year we the uh the target share was great last night um nine targets for uh for Cooper and lamb 11 for Gallup. So he's distributing the ball evenly to those, to those playmakers on the outside. And I just, I like the the Cowboys passing game here in a big way come Sunday.
0: I like that one. I like that one a lot. Uh, my next couple kind of rattle off two running backs that I'm circling. Also on my list, I had four guys and one of them was Amari Cooper. So thanks for stealing right. that one. That was perfect. <laughs> got you. Um, and it was for the same reason. Dalton's back in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's pasty is crap. I think that either one of the Dallas guys is going to go off, and I think the Dalton does look more comfortable. So uh, Cooper's definitely in that smash spot for me. Uh, The two running backs I kind of have circled that are a little bit further down the list that we're not quite thinking about as, like, the top guys would be David Montgomery and Miles Gaskin. Uh, Gaskin could have had, like, 25 points last week, and I think that he's going to get a lot of dump-offs. Because you're playing against Kansas City, so they're going to score their points, even though Miami's D is good. And I think that they're going to try and establish the run, try and slow down the game early in the game. So I think that Gass is going to get a lot of carries. And also Kansas City's defense is kind of suspect. So uh, I think that Gaskin is in line for a big game. And Dave Montgomery. So Montgomery is facing the worst pass or rush defense in the NFL, in Houston. And Montgomery had a huge game last week. So maybe they found a bit of an identity there. Um, I think that Montgomery is going to have another breakout game, so got to start. He's him.
1: Uh, playing the best football of his young career, and uh, he, he's, I'm high on David Montgomery coming into this week. Another running back I'm going to throw in there, and we don't got to dive too far into it, but I like Austin Eckler this week against Atlanta to kind of return and, and look like the Austin Eckler we've seen in, in the last couple seasons.
0: Yeah, I like that one too. All right, uh, let's go on to our player buy low, player you're selling high on for week 14.
1: Got a couple wide receivers here on this one. Buying low on DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, uh, s- simply put, it's he just has not looked like the DeAndre Hopkins we, we know and we love. Um, I saw a, a, a graphic on Twitter today about his route chart over the past three or four weeks. And he's been really confided to just the left side of the field and uh, the, the the play calling from Cliff Kingsbury hasn't really been um, that innovative and in that and that creative. So um, I like DeAndre Hopkins here moving forward as Arizona is vying for that wild card playoff spot. I mean, an outside shout at the division, even though that's looking less and less likely by the week. They still got a chance to get to the playoffs. And even though Kyler was maybe on our our sell high list last week, I think there's still production to come from that Arizona offense. And I think Kingsbury is going to be. Uh, more and more um, aggressive as far as finding ways to get DeAndre Hopkins the ball moving forward. So buying low on DeAndre and I'm selling high on Justin Jefferson. And before you hit the panic button, this has nothing to do with the talent because I think he's arguably an elite getting to that elite wide receiver one in both real life and fantasy. But if the season were to end today, day, he'd already have an, an all time great rookie wide receiver campaign. And I just think over the next four weeks, He's going to be more and more of a focal point for defenses to really uh, to, 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 to bracket their coverage and to try and stop them. Adam Thielen is the the clear red zone target there for Kirk Cousins, and he's got a, a, a semi-tough schedule here coming up with Tampa, Chicago, and New Orleans um, in the remaining four games. So um, I love Justin Jefferson, but that wide receiver four spot that he's at right now in half-point PPR leagues, I'm going to sell high on on that area right there.
0: All right, so my buy low, I already said, Russell Wilson. My sell high is an interesting one, and I'm fully on board the Nick Chubb bandwagon. So I'm going Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's – he's definitely not startable as one of your RB1 or RB2 right now for me. I think that is a flex. He is, but I would sell out of him. I think this is Nick Chubb's team. You see the way that he's running the ball. He's dominating the red zone carries. Uh Nick Chubb's the guy. So I would be selling high on Kareem Hunt.
1: You know, at this point in every season, you start kind of, or at least I do start thinking about where these guys are gonna get drafted next season. And I, I think Chubb's worked his way into top five, top three territory in uh in standard redraft formats. And, you know, going into Nick Chubb's injury, I think there was a debate there on who was the better back between Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Just because, I mean, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is as dy- dynamic as they come as well. But since Nick Chubb has come back, case closed, man. That's Nick Chubb's backfield. And Cream uh, Hunt, I'm sorry, man. You'd start for a lot of teams. You ain't starting in Cleveland, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go on to our fancy gambling for week 14. We'll make this kind of a quick hitter. Uh, first matchup we have is Adam Thielen minus one and a half versus Mike Evans. The Vikings are at the Buccaneers.
1: Hate picking against Thielen here because he's been basically as consistent as they come. And like I said, he is the red zone target there for the Minnesota Vikings. But I'm going to go Evans here. I'm going to go Mike Evans. I know he's nursing a little injury, but coming off the bye, I think Tampa Bay is going to really fine tune what they want to do and be a lot sharper than what we saw of them the last time we saw them take the field. So I like Evans here to get in the end zone, have a big week against a struggling Minnesota defense who... Uh, who really gives up uh, big games to wide receivers, you know, on a regular basis. So I'm going to take Evans here with the, with the one and a half.
0: So I'm going to go feeling here. And my reasoning is this, uh, Minnesota has been getting behind in all of these games. And I think that Tampa Bay off the buy, is going to get a lead early, which means that Evans is kind of neutralized a bit, but it means that feeling and Jefferson, one of the two of them is going to go off and a comeback as Kirk cousins, throws the ball all over the field. So, uh, I'll take Thielen based on that. Uh, if that doesn't end up being the case, I think that Evans is probably more likely to score to 7 than Thielen. So I understand your side of the argument, but uh, I do think Minnesota is going to be behind and going to have to throw yeah, a that, lot. That so.
1: game script. I'll yeah, go. Yeah, that that. game script would definitely play in Thielen's favor, and and you're right. They have been falling down early and often, and you know that could definitely happen again come this weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, number two, we talked about Jalen Hurts earlier. This is kind of an interesting quarterback matchup. Maybe the most college football-ish quarterback matchup I've seen in some time. Uh, So Taysom Hill versus Jalen Hurts. Taysom, we got at minus four and a half. Uh, Saints are at the Eagles. I'm
1: going to take Taysom here minus the four and a half. Just simply, I mean, he's been, I mean, really solid. Borderline excellent since he took over for an injured Drew Brees. And I love what Sean Payton's done to really – Alter the offense to to fit his skill set, kind of what we've seen in Baltimore uh, when Lamar Jackson got first took over there. Um, he's basically New Orleans' goal line back now, so he's almost a walking touchdown, rushing touchdown every single week. And if he continues to throw the ball like he did against Atlanta, then um, then I think he could even have a, a borderline great week. So no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, I'm cheering for the guy. I just think he's walking in too tough of a matchup against the the Saints' defense there. So I'm gonna go Hill minus four and a half.
0: The matchup isn't great, but I'm going to go hurts here. And one, because I think I made the spread too high for Hill, but two, because Philly is a very difficult place to play and a very good defense, especially for someone that doesn't throw the ball as far down the field as like Aaron Rodgers does, who can beat all the coverages because their secondary is a little suspect. Uh, Hill doesn't do that. It's all short stuff. And their linebackers, their full front seven for the Eagles is really good. And, For all of Hill's ability to run, he's very much of a north-south runner. He doesn't really go across the field in the same way that a Lamar does. So I would say he may face a tougher matchup than we're expecting. But that being said, I expect the Saints to be up. So this kind of goes back to the Minnesota thing. Hurts is going to have more opportunities to throw the ball down the field. I think they're going to run him more. I do think that they're probably equal red zone threats uh to score touchdowns. I just think Hurts is just gonna have more opportunities in this game. And I think that he could have you know inside the four and a half for sure. But he might end up with more more points than hell.
1: I'd like to see it. I'm cheering for the kid. He's been great. Every time we see him take the field, he's great. So I it wouldn't be surprised to see him see him play well again uh in, in the NFL. All
0: right. Last one we got Calvin Ridley plus two and a half. Against Keenan Allen, the Falcons are at the Chargers.
1: I'm uh, going to keep this one short. Uh, I think the Chargers bounced back from a, a really embarrassing performance last weekend. And I, I think Justin Herbert and thus Keenan Allen um, have a big week, big connection there. I'm going to take Keenan Allen minus two and a half.
0: I am also, and I, I, for selfish reasons, I hope that Ridley has a giant game. But I do think this is a bounce back for the Chargers a little bit, at least in the passing game. Right. They did not get Allen involved enough at all last week. Atlanta's defense is good, but still suspect against the pass. I think that Allen is probably in line for 10 catches and a touchdown. I think that's probably fair. I also have
1: him in one league this week. So Keenan Allen, man, I <laughs> I hope you're right.
0: All right, let's close out the show. In the right way, week 14, best bets in your fantasy breakout
1: star. So best bet, usually we got a point spread. Today I'm going an over-under, and I'm going to go over 42.5 in the Cowboys-Bengals game. I checked the weather because you never know about Ohio. And it seems to be it will be uh, cloudy, but it won't be wet, or at least that's what it's telling me right now. And I just think both bad defenses on the field, uh, there's going to be enough points there to, to get over the, the 42.5 and, and cover that. And then my fantasy breakout star, I like Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers wide receiver. Um, he's had some okay games since he came back from injury, but he hasn't topped 50 yards yet since he came back. That actually happened last week. That was his high since his, in, his, uh, in the last three games since he returned from injury. I like him to exceed the 50-yard mark and definitely get in the end zone this week against a, a Detroit Lions team that is, uh, is struggling, to say the least. So um, over 42.5 in the Cowboys-Bengals game, and uh, Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers as my fantasy breakout star.
0: All right, Uh, my best bet for the week is the Las Vegas Raiders plus three at home hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Obviously, the Raiders have been terrible the last two weeks. Somehow snuck out with a win. Indianapolis has been pretty decent. They have a great defense, but I think that in Vegas, this is going to be a great spot as a home underdog for the Raiders. Um, My breakout star, someone that you talked about earlier, and you just talked about the game, I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. And he had a touchdown last night at Baltimore. I think that he's starting to find a rhythm with Andy Dalton. And I think that either he or Cooper is going to have a huge game. So I said, smash spot for Cooper, breakout out for Gal. I'll be right on one of them, hopefully. And you'll hit your over so. in the process. And we all, yeah. we all go home happy. All right. That does it for week 14. Thank you for joining us as always at the Champions Run Show. Until next week, Michael, we will talk to you later.